so often we interpret somebody, somebody's behavior as their identity. That person behaved that way, so that person is this. We define somebody by their behavior. God doesn't define us by our behavior. God defines us by his view of us, which is as a son or daughter of God. Welcome to another episode of Think Like a Champion, a podcast dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. Now, our last podcast, we talked about the steps to growing a healthy soul and the ingredients to a healthy soul. And we touch on this topic continually because as the soul goes, so goes the rest of our lives, right? So I want to get right into the content about how your soul evolves and how it should evolve and how it can evolve from caterpillar to butterfly because everybody deserves and desires to fly. God didn't create us to crawl. He created us to fly, to mount up with wings as eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. But there is this soaring, there is this eagle inside of us. There's this, there's this, this uh, incredible explorative, discovering, break barriers kind of vibe that everybody feels inside, but we set limits on ourselves because those limits, God doesn't have limits but we set limits over ourselves and God wants us to expand those limits and widen our border. One prayer Jabez prayed when he was in his life of pain, he said, God bless me indeed. He cried out, Lord bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. I pray that prayer often and I just use it in the sense of Lord, thank you for your blessing. Thank you that it will continue to grow in my life. Thank you for expanding me. I'm asking for an expansion, an enlargement, a greater impact. And I believe everyone's created to make an impact in this life. And so as we, as we build around this verse, 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. We realize that the, the soul is the ripple. The soul is the, is the stone in the ripple of the water. So when, we, when you throw a stone in the water and it has a ripple effect, the soul is what has the ripple effect. The soul is the stone or the water and it, it, it just transforms or puts into motion this, this, this acceleration of transformation and this acceleration of change and this domino effect of change. And it's really marvelous. So if we, this is why the great revivalist, and I talked about this last time, the great revivalist, John Wesley, created these small groups and he would ask everyone in, this, in these small groups to ask the question of all the group members, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? Because, well, we know that Horatio Spafford, who wrote It Is Well, the great hymn, It Is Well, he wrote that when he had realized and had discovered that his family had been, had been drowned in an accident, in a, uh, the, their boat sinking in um, a trip between America and Europe. And he wrote, this, he wrote this hymn, It Is Well, With My Soul, when he was facing the worst tragedy that a human could face, the loss of his, of his loved ones. And he, yet his soul, out of that brokenness, his soul created this hymn that has lasted 
hundreds of years or 150, 200 years, we are experiencing the, the benefit of somebody who's, who it was well with their soul. And if you and I could have an impact on somebody else's life 150 years from now, then we would call our life a success. And if you will give attention to your soul, you can have that kind of effect and that kind of impact in your life. So we talked about how he required in his, these bands for them to at these groups, small groups, they would call Wesleyan bands. He required that they ask this question, how is it with your soul? And they would focus on three things, the evolution of the human soul, the, the freedom of the human will, and the real religion is the religion of love. And so if it's not evolving your soul, if it's not uh, releasing you into the freedom and giving you the power to, to, or awakening you to the power of your free will, the power of your, of your choice, your ability to choose, and if it doesn't arouse a religion of love, then it's not from God and it's not healthy. And the religion of love is really the only religion that God sanctions, because God is love. Now, I also want to make mention that while we're talking about this man, while I'm talking about this man, John Wesley, he was a great revivalist. He brought, he was, God used him to bring revival in the first great awakening that spread from uh, Europe and, and Great Britain to, and the United Kingdom to America and around the world. And one of the things that we, we need to learn from this man's example, because I believe we're in a revival and I believe we're going to see growing waves of revival where Christians that were once on fire are going to catch fire again. And people that have never known God are going to discover him and come into a real authentic relationship with him. And we who have had a relationship with him are going to step into a deeper water of intimacy with him. We're going to go into the deeper waters, when, like when Jesus said to Peter, launch out into the deep, and there you're going to have a great catch of fish. Now, we're going to go deep, and we want to go deep in this intimacy with God, and I believe that's what revival produces. But it also produces, but it will also die out if we don't have some structure around it. So the Bible talks about new wine, and wine skins. And if new wine is poured into old wine skins, the new wine is going to spill out and it's going to be ruined. But new wine has to be poured into new wine skins. Well, I believe the wine skin is community. The wine skin is the church. The wine skin is us having a relationship and having some structure to our relationship, having some commitment in our relationship with each other. That is the the wine skin that holds the wine. The new wine is the, the, the power of God, the presence of God, the, the, the product of God, the product, right? The, 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 the presence, the power, what God produces in, in our lives is the wine and the wine skin is the structure or the methods we use to, to pour into others to, for ourselves to have wine, new wine poured into us and for us to pour into others. Aren't you ready to be poured into and be somebody who pours into others? That's the growth that God wants us all to have. And if we're not making an impact in our lives and in other people's lives, then we're living below our purpose. We're living beneath our privileges. We're living less than what God created us to live in and experience. And, you know, the Bible says in, in 
Isaiah 65, verse eight, that the, the new wine is found in the cluster. And that's why connection and community. I'm a grape, you're a grape. Everybody around here are grapes. Every Christian is a grape, but we are anointed and we walk in great power and we walk in the in the new wine. We experience the new wine in the cluster when we're connected together. And sometimes being close together is uncomfortable. And sometimes being connected together causes pain and getting crushed as a grape to turn into wine is painful. But there's so much life in you that life is going to crush you at times. Life crushes me at times. But will we produce wine from our crushing? Life will uh, hurt you sometimes. Life will land on you. The Bible talks about, Jesus talked about how you can, you can fall on the rock or let the rock fall on you. If, you. if the rock falls on you, you'll be scattered like dust. But if you fall on the rock, you'll be broken and life will flow out of that brokenness. And a grape that is being crushed produces wine, it produces juice, it produces something that, that is influential in this life and in this world. And you think about the natural properties of wine, it, it is an influencer. That's why you shouldn't be driving under it, amen? But I'm telling you, it is an influencer. And what happens when we are connected and what happens is when, we, when we're getting crushed that we don't bail on one another, but we stay together and stay connected, there is something very powerful. We become very influential when we stick together. We become influ very influential. We bring joy, we bring, we bring happiness, we bring uh, lightheartedness when we stay connected, even when it's hard, even when we're getting crushed, even when life is, is trying to crush us. We're pressed on every side, but we won't be destroyed, the Bible says. And sometimes that's, so we need that. We, revival needs structure, it needs togetherness, it needs connection, it needs the church. And, um, and it needs persistence. I, I got to share this with you, too, before I get into some other stuff. And I know that we're, we're, we're limited on our time during this podcast, but I want to get as much content to you as possible. On, this, on the heels of this guy that has been inspiring me lately, John Wesley, from the Great Awakening that took place in the 1700s, and then, early, and then into the early 1800s, and then a second great awakening came. He was an influential part of that. But he didn't start out successful. And so for anybody out there who's dealing with uh, feeling like giving up, feeling like quitting, you've you failed many times. Failure is, is not final, and failure is not true. Fail, fail, failing is not failure. We all, we all fail at times in our lives, but we we believe in failing forward, meaning no matter how many times we fail, we don't give up. Well, listen to how this guy didn't give up, at least as his diary was written and as it was recorded. It's believed this was from his diary. But notice the, this progression. On Sunday morning of one year, May 5th, John Wesley preached in St. Anne's Church and was asked not to come back anymore. On Sunday evening of May 5th, same day, preached in St. John's Church, and the deacons said to him, get out and stay out. The next Sunday morning, May 12th, he preached in St. Jude's Church. He couldn't go back there either afterwards. On that e uh, a week later, Sunday, May 19th, he preached in St. Else's Church, and the deacons called a special meeting and said, I could not return. On Sunday evening of May 19th that year, he preached on the street and he got kicked off the street. 
on the next Sunday, May 26th, he preached in a meadow and he was chased off. He was chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during his event. On Sunday a.m., June 2nd, he preached out on the edge of town and he was kicked off the highway again. And then on Sunday night, that same night, in the afternoon, he preached in a pasture and 10,000 people came out to hear me, he said. 10,000 people came out to hear me. Notice all the failure that occurred before the success. I think when we quit on May 5th, obviously that's not when this is being aired but, or when you're watching this, but when we quit on May 5th, we're never going to have the 10,000 come out to hear us or have the massive impact that, that we were created to have. If we quit on the evening of May 5th, if we, quit, if we quit on May 12th, if we quit on May 19th, no miracles happening. If we quit on the 26th, if we quit on the morning of June 2nd, no miracles happening. But if we hang in there on the evening of June 2nd, 10,000 people came out to hear me, he said. This is such a secret to success is persistence and not giving up. And boy, if we could learn that lesson, if we could just learn that lesson of not giving up, stay, staying with it, as you see the sign behind me on this Think Like a Champion, our Think Like a Champion studio, uh, this, is, this is the secret to life, is persistence and not giving up and pressing on. What an example of pressing on. What an example of, of not giving up, not quitting. It seems so simple, and yet there's really only two rules to success, in my opinion. One, success at any, in any endeavor. But the first secret or the first key ingredient to success is you have to start. You have to start something. You have to start investing, or you have to start reading the Bible, or you have to start giving or start attending or start sharing your faith or start going to a class and develop a talent. Start opening up YouTube and learning another skill that is available to you at any time, 24 hours a day. You have to simply start. And then the second secret to success is you have to just never give up. Start and never give up. I think we could just kind of end the podcast right here and say we had a success because we started and we're not giving up. And in anything in life, when you start and don't give up, when you refuse to procrastinate, take that next step, boy, it just empowers you. In fact, and I've talk, talked out of this passage of scripture many times in Mark chapter 14, where Jesus took his disciples with him, took three of them with him to pray before he, was going, before he went to the cross. It was the Garden of Gethsemane, right, where he was weighed down so heavily that he, that he had to ask of himself whether he, could, whether he could go on, and he had to ask the Father. He said, Father, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. Like, if I can get out of this, I'd like to, but not my will, thy will be done. And when he said, not my will, thy will be done, Luke's version of that passage says an angel came and ministered strength to Jesus. And if Jesus needed angel strength, how much more do we need the strength of angels? And the strength of that angel came on the heels of 
Jesus saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Boy, this is where the cross really is. This is where we really take up our cross. This is one of the ways we take up our cross is when God's will is intersects with our will. And when when we're willing to sacrifice our will for his will and we don't always know God's will. So sometimes this is guessing, but there are certain things in Scripture that are very clear that we can be walking in the will of God, like through gratitude. Gratitude is when it actually says in First Thessalonians chapter five that give thanks in everything for this is the will of God. Really, there's a clear proof in that verse that giving thanks in everything when you're giving thanks you're in the will of God. When you're, when you're negative and complaining about what you don't have or focused on what you don't have, you're not in the will of God, so to speak. The will of God is a disposition of gratitude and thanks. It's a disposition that we learned last week. It's a disposition of humility. It's a disposition of gratitude. It's a disposition of growth, right? We learned about Humility versus pride, gratitude versus negativity, and growth versus stagnation. And we learned that God's method of transformation in our lives is through process, through um, choosing to live by a process because process always produces progress. There's a process to anything that's successful and anything that has a, a, a successful process will always have successful progress. And there's always progress in the Bible. And this is why I talk about the, about the soul evolving. Soul evolve. I'm saying to myself, soul evolve. And I'm saying over you, soul evolve. We have to let ourselves evolve. We have to give ourselves permission and we have to give ourselves the process that will produce the evolution of our soul from that caterpillar to that butterfly. And when we, when we start and not give up, we're, we're on the heels of success. We're, we're on the edge of success. And so with these, with these things, humility versus pride, choosing gratitude versus negativity, choosing growth versus stagnation. I want to also talk about how we need to choose identity versus learned behavior. Identity versus learned behavior. What I mean by that is so often we interpret somebody, somebody's behavior as their identity. That person behaved that way, so that person is this. We define somebody by their behavior. But God doesn't, be, God doesn't define us by our behavior. God defines us by his view of us, which is as a son or daughter of God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, to as many as received him, to them he became, or to as many as received him, to them they became children of God. They became sons and daughters of God. To whoever received Jesus, we become sons and daughters of God. And there's something very powerful about this sense of identity, this sense of identity as a kid, one of God's kids, this sense of identity as a part of God's family, the prestige of princehood, the prestige of 
princesshood, if that's a word. But we are princes and princesses of our king, who is our heavenly father. God is our heavenly father, and he is the king of the universe, and Jesus is the king of kings, and we are the princes, and we are the princesses. And there's something about understanding that royalty in our, in our DNA, because so many people are searching for who they are, and they're asking the question, who am I? And you know you can have money, you can have position, you can have people's accolades and people's approval, but not know who you are. You could have all those markings of success and still not know who you are, you'll be unhappy. You will be unhappy. True happiness doesn't come from things, it comes from identity. It comes from knowing your place at the table, knowing that you have a seat at the table. This is identity versus behavior. So there are learned behaviors that people learn as Christians. We learn to stop doing that. We learn to start doing that. We learn to, to, to avoid this and to, to get out of that and get up from that. And, and we can find ourselves lost in our behavior. We can lose our identity by focusing on the right actions more than focusing on understanding ourselves and who we are as God created us and as God calls us. And so, you know, it's like every one of us has to make a choice of what we're gonna identify as. There's this great story in, this, uh, in, in the book of Judges, which is a very uh, unread book, really, and untapped into, but there's this little hidden verse in there in chapter, I think it's, I think it's uh, Judges chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now Jephthah was a mighty warrior. It says Jephthah was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. He was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. And it's an interesting contrast. Probably most of us connected here today are not sons and daughters of a prostitute, but I want you to see the, but if you are, that's okay. <laughs> we're, glad you, we're glad you're here. We're glad you are in this earth. We're glad you were born. But I want you to see this contrast in this passage of scripture. Jephthah was a, was a mighty, valiant war, warrior, a mighty man of valor, one translation says. A mighty man of valor, which means value. He was a man of great value. He had, a, he had a sense of value, but he was also the son of a harlot. And so he had these two radio signals continually speaking to him, and he had to choose which one he was going to identify with. And the reason he ends up becoming a great warrior later in that chapter, and the reason he leads men into battle and wins battles is because he chose to identify with who God called him, a mighty man of valor. He chose his spiritual identity over his natural DNA. He was the son of a harlot, but he chose to identify with being a son of God. And I think if we could get a hold of that, that identity is what produces destiny. And we have to choose identity over behavior. That doesn't mean that we should go around and be neglectful of our actions and just be willing to, to run over anybody and hurt anybody along the way that our, that our actions don't have consequences. In, in many cases, they do. In some cases, they don't. But in many cases, our actions do have 
consequences, negative consequences, and we, we should be on guard of that. But that, that's not how we should focus. That's not where our focus should be. Our focus should be on our identity. I don't think people give enough attention to clarifying their identity. And most of us are damaged by the trauma of our early years in life that, we, that our identity got hidden behind this wall of defense to protect ourselves from trauma again and protect ourselves from being hurt again. And we build scar tissue over our soul and therefore our soul becomes impenetrable by God or by anybody else. Our soul becomes impenetrable because we've built a wall of defense around our trauma rather than exposing our trauma to God and to and to some people we trust. And there's not a lot of people that you can trust, but you should be able to trust the leaders in your church. And granted, admittedly, that's not always a safe place either, that sometimes people have agendas that don't include your well-being. But I believe that as we mature, we, we lose our self-centeredness and our self-centered agendas, and we focus on other people's success. Because I believe in thinking like a champion, part of what it means to be a champion is championing other people's success. Championing other people's success. I wanna help champion your success right now by helping you to know who you are, by helping to identify that you are not your behavior. You commit or behave in certain ways that some are good and some are bad, but that's not who you are. And the more you understand your true identity, the more you let God heal you of your trauma, the more of supernatural behavior you will perform and, and amazing feats of, of heroic, life-changing action that God created you to function in. That those who know their God, one translation says in Daniel chapter three, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. When you know God, you're gonna have strength. And when you know God, when you know yourself and you know God, you're going to do exploits. You're gonna do amazing things for the advancement of the kingdom of God and the advancement of humanity. And I think we, we forget who we are sometimes and we need to realize. And so I'll give you a list of some things that you should identify yourself as. And, and then we'll close this podcast with a, a word of prayer. But we have to overtake and prevail against wrong mindsets about ourselves and truly tap into our true identity and choose identity over behavior. And then behavior will follow our identity. But you are, number one, more than a conqueror. That's what Romans chapter eight, verse 37 says, because you are in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You are, of, you are of royal bloodline. You are a king and a priest before God. You have royal blood. You are a part of God's royal family. Revelation chapter one, verse five and six says. You are a son or daughter of God. John chapter one, verse 12 says, and you are being Conform to the image of God's son, Romans 8, 29 says. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means every promise that God made to Jesus, every, every bit of Christ's inheritance is now your inheritance as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. So you are more than a conqueror. You are 
a royal priesthood or you are part of God's royal family, a king and a priest. You are a son or daughter of God. You're, you're part of the family. You're not on the outside looking in. You are the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3.29 says if we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's seed and we're heirs according to the promise. Why is that so important? Because whatever God promised Abraham, through Jesus Christ, he promises those things to you as well. You can experience the victory that Abraham experienced, the, the success that Abraham experienced, the, the healing that Abraham experienced, the miracles that Abraham experienced. If you look through his life, it was a life of miracles. It was a life of, of healing. It was a life, of, it was a life of, of blessing and increase and supernatural provision, direction from God. You're that you you are the seed of Abraham. You should start expecting the blessing of Abraham to show up in your life. And you are also the righteousness of God. Number six, you're the righteousness of God. That means because you are because Jesus died for you, he became sin so that you would become the righteousness of God. When you realize that's who you are, it means you can stand before God without guilt, without shame, without inferiority and without fear. What a powerful description of who you are. And finally, you are the church. You and I together are the church. Matthew 16, 18 says the gates of hell will not prevail against us. When we choose to stay connected and when we choose to connect with our church family, we become, we become a powerful force. The church is God's agent of revival, God's agent of love, God's agent of miracles, God's agent of advancement in this world. The church is God's agent to bring all of those things to pass. And you and I make up the church together where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. And when we are when we stay connected, we are the force that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Let me pray for you that you would come to the uh, the supernatural revelation of your identity. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person connected here today that you will give them eyes to see who they really are and give them the power, reveal to them they have the power to choose their identity that is found in you. God, awaken them to see, awaken each of us to see who we are in Christ and to not let this word just go in one ear and out the other, but to let it resonate in every human soul within the sound of my voice. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me on Think Like a Champion. Please share this. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I want to ask you to give as well. We take a moment in every time together to give to God and to give to the gospel and advancing this message of God's love and his grace and his goodness and his victory that was paid for in Christ Jesus. But help pay it forward to get this message out to others with your gift. There should be a place on the screen you can give. I want you to expect that when you sow, you will reap. When you plant abundantly, you'll, you'll harvest abundantly. And that's the way God set up the economic system in this world that we walk in blessing and manifested blessing as we are a blessing to others as well. So make a make a choice to give today. And thank you for doing that. And thank you again for joining me. Can't wait to see you next time on Think Like a Champion. And if you don't have a church, 
that you can call home. Come visit us at lifechangerschurch.com, our online church community, lifechangerschurch.com, and also that will show you where our locations are as well. Can't wait to see you next. God bless.